welcome, welcome to the Run With Us podcast, your show for everything Chicago Bulls. And now, your co-hosts, Michael Lavalarte and Kevin McKenna. Bulls fans, Bulls Nation, those of you who see red, welcome back to the Run With Us podcast. It is Monday, December 12th. I'm Kevin. As usual, I'm joined with my co-host, Michael. Michael, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing okay. A little under the weather. Voices sound a little nasally, but you know, never never too bad to record. I respect that. What do we got on the deck today, kiddo? I mean, I guess we should talk about this this weird week that just happened in Bulls basketball because it, it was one of the most awkward weeks of all time, and I don't know how to feel coming out of it because we barely beat the Wizards in what was one of the sloppiest games I've ever seen. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Kevin's just getting comfy. Um, then we absolutely like cream a Mavericks team that is missing their only viable option. Like, all right, they have good players, but Doncic is the one that carries the load. And we cream that team, <laughs> dude. You've gone from, <laughs> and then obviously we we played the Hawks in what was another one of the weirdest games that I've ever seen. Like the endings to the fourth quarter and overtime. We're just whack. Like, first, Derek Jones Jr. Was it a... I don't know if it was an air ball, but it was, he got that rebound and then goes back up, gets fouled, hits the first free throw. It was not an air ball, no. Clanks the second free throw. Sure. We go into overtime. You can't be mad at Derek Jones because he put his body on the line to get that rebound. No, no, so, like, yeah, coach can't be like, we should have hit the free throw. He's like, I know I should have. Like, I also got us to this position. We're going to talk about that, definitely. Then DeMar gets fouled. Or first of all, Kobe White guarding Trey Young. Trey Young hits a nice step back on him, just buttery. And then Demar, like, was it Bogdanovich that fouled him? Yeah, that was the stupidest foul of all yeah, time. No, like, yeah, no shit. Demar's taking a ha- a a, thir- a fadeaway heave from almost thirty feet out, and and this guy's like, let me just tap him on the wrist. Absurd foul. And then Demar makes tap him on the wrist. No, I mean he no he well yeah he hit him yeah he hit him. And then, then DeMar casually makes all three free throws, even after they try to ice him. I don't know what was going on, but they, they were in between the second and the third one, they, oh, something's going with the score. He just hit two free throws. He's got one more to win, to potentially win the game. And they're like, oh, let's check the scoreboard. Scheming. Scheming in Atlanta. Come on. You can't say it's not rigged. And then we get, we almost force a five second violation on the inbounds attempt. They call timeout and just throw up a fucking prayer to AJ Griffin. And he just catches it. And just basically flips it over his shoulder and it goes in. Like, what the hell happened in that game? Absurd. It was insane. So, yeah, that was absolutely whack, that whole game. This whole week was whack. I don't know how you feel about it, but it was it was a wild week of Bulls basketball. Feeling okay out of it, but I'm just so confused as to what happened this week. Uh, I just want to give some final thoughts on that um, end of that Hawks game just so we can get a little closure on it. We don't have to come back to it, but... Um, between that Kobe White punch out, the review, I don't know the last time the Bulls actually got a review uh, to go their way, so that was huge. Real quick, I wanted to say that I didn't think they should challenge that. I thought it was a foul because it looked like he got him across the shoulder, and I'm so glad Billy Donovan didn't listen to me. See, I was concerned about it, and here's why. We had one timeout left. You lose that, the challenge, yeah, the you thing. lose the timeout. And, the cha- and, and it didn't look like it was clear enough to overturn, right. right? And they were up by one at that point. If they were to make two free throws, then we— could have had a timeout, ball at half court with some time left to, to right. tie it up. And also, if if we didn't win the ch- or even if we did win the challenge, I thought that they would just do a tip off. Usually, they do a tip off. 
which uh, which again meant uh, that Vooch would have to to win a tip off against. That the depends power. on the type of call and the type of challenge. But yeah, they gave it. They gave it. They said that the Bulls had possession before the foul was called, so that means it's Bulls basketball, and that was clutch. We that was a big, a big moment in the game. But go it ahead. Was. And then Kobe hits that massive three from the corner. It was huge. Um, insane. Kobe has been pretty clutch this season. I I felt he's been he's been hitting some big shots lately, especially um, in these last few games. So that was huge. Uh, Demar takes a. Questionable fadeaway, but it's Demar Derozan. I mean, it, it like, wasn't like it wasn't like the game winner shot. He the three that he tried right. to take. Like it's a Demar shot. Like he usually can hit that. Double shot. teamed. It was fading away, leaning to his right. Tough shot. Derek Jones Jr. I wanted to touch on this. Wait, yes, he missed. You? I wanted to touch on this. Oh, okay. I thought I heard something else. My bad. Are you high on cough medicine? No. We're leaving that in, motherfucker. I. That's fine. Uh, I, I just thought you Jesus. said something else. Anyway, I'm sure you did want to. Okay, uh, he great hustle tips it back up. I thought it was gonna go in. You know, even if he didn't get that foul call, who put that ball back? Someone put the ball back. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Kobe. I want to say it was Zach. It was not Zach. It doesn't matter. No, uh, it doesn't matter. But that ball it, was that was yeah. that ball was in. Either yeah, way, even if he didn't get the foul, we would have had the guy that right there. Um, which in hindsight might have worked out a little bit better because Derek Jones missed a free throw. But you already he got said the job this. done. He got the job done. You already said this. We wouldn't have been in that position without it. So, you had to make one. Um, yeah, that, that was an insane rebound though. Like the vert to just pogo stick up. Shocker. I mean, he's the bounciest. Yeah, player yeah, but like, but like you don't think of like. Everyone can have bounce, but the timing and the awareness to go for that rebound right. and, and come down with it and get the shot up, solid work by Derek Jones. And you see, like, he's been rewarded with minutes lately. You yeah, know what I mean? Is. He is. Like, he's been playing a lot more. And I know we've been missing uh, Javante lately, but did Javante start yesterday? No. I didn't. Pat no. Williams started? Yes. Okay. Uh, Javante will be back in the starting lineup. He will be? Yeah, when he's back. He was back yesterday. Well, he'll be back in the so, lineup. Okay, okay. Once when he's, he's back to full, back to full, full minutes. Okay, gotcha. Um, so yeah, that was wild. We'll leave that there. But that was an insane game. Kind of broke my soul a little bit. Yeah, it was. Bullshit. It was fun. Bullshit. It was. A, we played some really good games against the Hawks. Trey Young is insane. He's insane. I mean, he, I wish we could have seen more of Io or Caruso on him. He struggled last night because you remember last year Io's defense well, obviously and could. Caruso. We were missing both of them for minutes the whole game. Sure, so. we couldn't see Caruso on him last night, could we? No. Either Crusoe or I. I mean, most of the times it was Javante Green or Derek Jones guarding him late in that game. Right. Which is fine, but... Crusoe was hurt. Crusoe was hurt. I know, I know. Okay. Crusoe was hurt, and Io got hurt too, but... Yes, yes, yes. Indeed. Those are the only guys I trust on this team to actually guard. Trey. I hear you. No, that's that's a good point. But anyway, Bulls lost the game 2-1 and one in the week. Looks like we got a little momentum going forward. Yeah, That's no, how I a feel week. a little bit. It was a good week. We, Coming off a of back-to-back two on that loss, yes. it's not a big deal. And, Zach played uh, the back-and-back. Played meaningful yeah. minutes in both games. Luckily, they were the starters were able to rest a little bit in that Dallas game, which is huge. That's what you get when you play hard. Overtime against the the Hawks on the back to back. Not you know you could tell some of those guys were tired. Yeah, but two and one on the week. Uh, you can't ask for much more. We 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 really could have won all three of the games. Should have won all three of the games. But it is what it is. We'll take the winning record, and it especially winning those games at home means a lot because the Bulls need you. You could tell they just didn't have it on that road that road trip. God damn it! Those fucking city jerseys are so sick. They are. So, I was so when iffy they first on them. came out, everyone was like, "Oh god, they're so ugly." But Me when included. you see them on the play, no, I was too. I was like, "They look like Heat home jerseys." Yeah. When you see them on the players, 
Dude, they look so clean. They're good, man. They are some nice jerseys. So just looking ahead at the schedule this week, it's a great week for Bulls basketball. You know why? Why is that? Because we play the Knicks twice. Oh, God. The Knicks haven't been very good this year. No. They're, but we get them twice at home. We get them twice at home this week, Wednesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. We don't have a game till Wednesday, which is weird. Two days off. Actually, no, we could use the rest. And then Sunday, we got the Timberwolves on the road. That's going to be an interesting game because Gobert and Towns are the starting lineup. You can't tell me that, that eh, I guess Patrick Williams will have to just play a little bit bigger. But that's going to be an interesting one. But the Knicks twice, I, oh, two wins right there. And hopefully we could beat the Timberwolves. We could easily go 3-0 and this week. I think uh, we haven't had a three-game win streak yet this season, have we? No, I thought we were going to have one yesterday. It would have been nice to carry it over into a somewhat easier week, but. Could have been a big run. Yeah. I saw an article today. It was talking about, it was like the on the score app. It was like the NBA roundtable, and they were talking about like the most disappointing teams from each from each conference, and the Western Conference was the Timberwolves. Yeah. Their season's really not going as well as they no, thought it would. No. Both, all right, last like, coming out of the playoffs last year, both them and the Pelicans both felt like those teams that can take that next step uh-huh. next year. And then the Gobert trade would happen. They lost most of their depth. I, I just don't know if that, like, I don't know why they felt like that was the move they had to make. If anything, I would have said go after Mitchell more. He would have fit their team better. They have a lot of guards with with Anthony Edwards and and D'Lo, but like, I don't know how, how well that's going to work out. I don't know if they're going to end up. I think they're going to end up regretting that trade. But they had the Bulls as the the Eastern Conference most disappointing team, and you know they they mentioned the Lonzo Ball injury, which holds us back. But that's not a, you know that's not enough of a reason. No. And then they mentioned Zach and Demar and how. We should have enough scoring and enough talent on the team to be to make up for that not having ball and to to be to be able to compete in the with the Eastern Conference and all the teams. And they said, you know, everyone knew there was going to be a couple teams this year that were that either disappointed and weren't were going to miss out because you know how much better the East got this offseason. And we all in the offseason were like, it won't be the Bulls, it won't be the Bulls. You know, we thought maybe the Hawks would not would take that step. You know, before the Cavs traded for Mitchell, we thought maybe the Cavs would take a step back. But it's been the Bulls, and the Bulls have been one of the most disappointing teams in the East this year. And it really hit me because we do, we should be able to, to to play better. Our record shouldn't be this bad. No. And that's the thing that we talked about last week again is that, it's again, it's not a problem. We don't have the talent. We have the talent, and we can we can still do it. That's what gives me hope. We could still do it. We could play better. It's not like we can play better and we just still can't win games. That's what the Pistons can do. It's it's early days, definitely. <coughs> um, I am actually concerned about Zach Levine and his play. And did you see that 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 one stretch of games? That one stretch in the game where he had the two dunks. <clears throat> yeah. And then he just what he took a contested mid range jumper. Right. Well, so those two dunks came. You're talking about late in the game. Right? Yeah. And so, then he had a couple threes before that. He missed both bang. of them. They came off of some pretty terrible shots. Yeah. I, I and just, then then he got to the paint at will against like against Capella, who's their rim protector and one of the best in the league at yeah. doing it. And says the king on the broadcast said, "You could do that anytime. No one can guard Zach Levine's drives to the hoop." It's it's one of those things that we talked like we talked about last week where it's I struggle to wrap my head around. Uh, this one I can understand a little bit more, right? Okay, so it's absolutely since the league has changed and and three point shooters are more valuable, and I feel like it's more 
respected to be a better shooter in this league. No, it is. Slash yeah. play. So, and he can't, Zach Levine is a three point shooter. Like, absolutely. It's not like we're having this conversation where Drummond, uh, not Drummond, D- DeMar started. Right. To yeah. Him. Yeah. But, but, but Zach Levine's best is at best when he's using his three point shot as a comp, as a compliment to his driving game. Because whew, that was tough. You compliment, complimentary to his driving game. Oh, very yes. Nice, very nice. Curry, Trey Young, you know, like, those type of guys are there to shoot threes. Though that's their role. Like they not their role, but that's where their bread and butter comes from. And and their other game stems off of that. When you guard Stephen Curry, you have to try to run him off the three point line. And that's when he gets to the rim. That's when he gets to the mid range. That's when he's able to find other guys. With Zach Levine, teams the way he's especially with the way he's been shooting the ball this year, teams are are kind of you see when they defend him, they kind of just stay in front of him, force him to take the the tough contested three. Because we know it's hard to guard the Zach Levine drive. Now, yeah, Zach Levine hasn't been the finisher around the rim that he usually is this year. A lot of missed calls, a lot of missed layups, and just a little, little shaky confidence when he gets to the rim. That could be attributed to the health, to him maybe not jumping as high, to maybe him not feeling as comfortable challenging big men. But in reality, when Zach Levine gets to the rim, he can do it at will, and he can manage to either dunk or make a contested layup because he's athletic as fuck. Yeah. You know, like, but then you see him take these shots, and then that reminds me. It's like, that's why Stacey said in the broadcast, too, give, just give the ball to DeMar. DeMar takes these cut, contested shots, but he gets to his spots. Yep. And he's hit. he knows how to hit those shots. I mean, Zach Levine has hit countless number of contested threes in his life. But I'm talking about those crunch moments. We see it too often where Zach, it's like tunnel vision, man. Like, just takes two dribbles, pulls up for three. Like, we know you can shoot the ball. You don't have to, like, take this prove-it thing, like, oh, I got to hit this big three. Like, find something in the flow of the offense, run the pick and roll, come off the screen, get an open, more open three. No one's saying you can't shoot the three. But, you know, he's supposed to be our best player, and those decisions late in the game have cost the Bulls some games, have cost the Bulls some chances, and that ultimately gives into that, like, why does DeMar always get the ball in those last-second situations? Because his IQ is... Has shown in the last couple of years to be a little bit higher than Zach's in those situations. I'm not saying Zach can't make those decisions, but I just feel like he's not giving him the self, himself the chance to. He's so quick to just shoot the three, and you see it for flash. He's like, oh, we need some points. Let me just go dunk twice in a row, the same play, like literally right to the rim. And then next, the third possession down, he's like, all right, let me take a contested long two. Like, that's not his game. I like that, Mike. You should write an article on that. That was very well said. I like that. I'm, I appreciate that, Kevin. You seem to be uh, passionate about that. I'm passionate about the Bulls. That's why I do a podcast with them, about them. I'm sure that article would not be a dud by any means. Um, so, yeah, that that was definitely That's a low of, blow, Kevin. It doesn't matter. They don't know what we're talking about. Uh, it's a low blow. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so that was – that's probably my biggest concern with the Bulls. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry we got in a rant there, but I got you going with that. Well, it's it's Zach Levine got paid now, so now it's no more of a, no. Of now course. it's no more of this like, oh, you know, he's he hasn't taken that step. Now he got paid like the the superstar that he is, and he can play like a superstar. We love Zach Levine. We always throughout the entire offseason said bring Zach back. There's no reason not to bring him back. But he's only averaging about 20 points a game this year. He's finally healthy healthier than we saw at the beginning of the yeah. year. He's looking like he's getting his his game back slowly. He's getting more comfortable. But again, we're you know we're a quarter of the season in, if not more now. So we need Zach to be at that All Star form. It, realistically, we should be looking like two All Stars this year. But the way Zach's playing, I'm not sure he's going to even make an All Star team this year. We haven't won enough games for it to be 
you know, you know, like those teams. There's those are always those teams where it's like they got three or four all stars. You know, when the Warriors were good, Draymond Green might not be putting up seven. You know, I'm sorry, eighteen to twenty points a game, but the Warriors are winning 63, 64 games. So there's always that third or four all star. Same thing with Chris Middleton. You know, there's always those teams where it's like this guy's an all star, not because he's doing the best, but like he's contributing to the wins. But we don't have that this year. And all-star game isn't really a big thing. We're worried more about winning games and winning, getting to the playoffs and who's an all-star. But Zach playing better will contribute to both. You know what I mean? So the Bulls are currently 11-15 and 15 in the Eastern Conference right now. Mike, I'm curious where you see the Bulls sitting at by the all-star break. I think at best we could be at six. Six? At the best. I don't think we're going to get past. But it's it's because we play these good teams. We've played some of the best teams really competitively. Even if we haven't beaten them, we've played some of them really competitively. We've also gotten blown out by some teams. But as long as we got to stop, like, we should be able to beat the Hawks with no with no John Collins, no DeJounte Murray. We shouldn't have to go down to the fourth quarter last two minutes to beat the Wizards, who don't even have Bradley Beal. It comes down to energy. It comes down to hustle. And I, it's like repeating it all the time. But it goes back to my point of we can be better. Why? If you can, if you can play better, why wouldn't you do it? <laughs> right? Well, that's, that's a question. There, again, there's teams who have, just don't have enough talent to play that well. The Pistons are 7-22 and 22 this year. They just lack the star talent. The Knicks are failing because they're they haven't they decided to pay RJ Barrett a max contract instead of trying to trade for Donovan Mitchell. The Bulls have three All Stars on their team. One of them, which we called the MVP, even if he's not. Right. I, I think we could play better, so that's why I say sixth is the best situation. I'm saying between six and eight is realistic. You're talking about Tony Bradley, right? Obviously. Okay. Between six and eight is probably realistic for for the Bulls because our schedule is getting easier. Not getting easier, but it's a lot easier than it was to start the year. Okay. And like we just talked about, I feel like they're starting to figure things out a little bit. Now, injuries are starting to hit a little bit with with the I.O. Caruso. Kobe White's back, Drummond's back, but you know, we've had some injuries here and here. Nothing serious though. Javante was out for a little bit. All the main guys are staying healthy. Momentum's starting to swing a little bit. Zach's starting to find his groove. I think we could put some wins together. It looked like we have a chance to, even if we're not finishing the games. At least we're not getting blown out by teams anymore. Now, this is the gritty part of the season, though. This is where a veteran-led team, can they stick with it? Find the energy every game to play hard. Because what's been the story of the season? Not playing hard against shit teams. Yep. So... Six to eight seed, fingers crossed by the All Star break, which still sucks because that's playing territory. Should have Lonzo back by then. Should, we should have had Lonzo back last year. Yeah, that's true. Until I hear something definitive, until I hear Lonzo Ball's professional doctor say that Lonzo Ball is good to come back on a specific date, I I can't really I can't, I don't even think about it anymore. I love Lonzo, but. He hasn't been a part of this team for almost a year now. Yeah, he's essentially dead. Dead. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But anyway, 
we got a special message from one of our sponsors. The NBA season is heating up, and there's still so many unknown questions to answer about the Bulls and where they're going to end up for this season. When I'm looking to get into the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets with which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Mike and I often bet on NBA games. It's our expertise. It's what we enjoy to watch, so that's usually our bread and butter. I like to do player props mixed with over-unders. That's how I make my parlays. Download the app now, sign up with the code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. So I think the last thing that we should talk about has been Andre Drummond's play in the last few games. He's he's been been pretty good over the entire season. There's been stretches where he's kind of in and out of the rotation in terms of how many minutes he's getting. But specifically lately, Andre Drummond has been on a tear. Now, he's not going to average, you know, 15 and 15 like he did because he's off coming off the bench. But, you know, there's games where he comes off, he'll put up 10 and 10 easy. Uh, he probably leads the league in double-doubles off the bench. There's got to be a stat for that. And I'm not sure, but I'm sure he's up there in terms of how many double-doubles he's had coming off the bench. Now, is he our sixth man? Probably not exactly because I don't think he's the first guy off the bench usually, but he's one of the most important players of this team this year. And it's not just him. It's been Goron and him and the surprise offseason signings, as well as the bringing back of Derek Jones Jr., that have been honestly all worked out very nicely. And with the amount of the amount that we were handcuffed as a franchise in this offseason with what we were able to spend, I think that we're getting really good value for the players that we brought brought in. All I want to see, I just hopefully we'll be able to see a little bit out of Dale and Terry soon. Because we haven't seen much from him yet. He's been killing in the G League lately. He's a beast. He is. He can do everything. But the main point here is that Drummond and Dragic have been not they've been more than what we expected. Everyone was like, how is Dragic gonna get 20 minutes a game? You know, he's barely a rotation player. But you know, he's played a meaningful role. He's our best scorer off the bench this year and one of our best facilitators on the team. So I guess I, I think we get deserve a lot of credit for, you know, AK and Mark Eversley. We deserve the credit for them? That's a great point, Kevin. We should give a lot of credit to AK and Mark Eversley. Damn, okay. Unfortunately, we didn't make those signings, Kevin. We didn't, no. Um, we actually shit on the signing. Honestly, we didn't. We weren't a fan of either of them. No. But that's on us. We were wrong because they've, they've outplayed what they were signed to, and I think that they've been two of the surprises, the good surprises on this team this year. And there's been a lot of letdowns, but they have stepped up and, and done exactly what they've asked for. You know, they're not stars. Dragic isn't averaging 15 points a game, but he's been one of our best scorers off the bench. And that veteran mindset that he plays with. And the chemistry he's built with Drummond, worth, worth, worth the signing, man. Big three out of the K1C. Big three out of the K1C for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully he can continue to be exactly what we need off the bench. Agreed. So pretty, not a terribly hard schedule this week. The next twice at home, and then the Timberwolves on the road on Sunday. Now, obviously, these are games that this Bulls team would love to lose. 3-0. You calling it 3-0? 3-0. I like it. I like a 3-0 prediction. 
we're going to need to win these games. Like we, it, It's getting to that point where we got to start putting some wins together. Because the more of these one win, one loss type of things, you know, staying playing 500 basketball, that's how we're going to end up screwed when it comes to later in the season. We're going to miss the playoffs that way. Yeah, exactly. So we need to string some wins together now. Get the boys going, you know what I mean? Like, get some energy, get some momentum, carry it forward. It's It's been a little boring lately. You know, the Bulls have a lot of talent, but we want to see it being used right. We know we got Billy Donovan sticking around here for at least the end of the season. Let's hope things can get righted. Again, the momentum seems to be getting a little bit better for the Bulls. Things are starting to look good. They're, they're starting to figure it out a little bit more. DeMar DeRozan's doing a great job at taking those contested jumpers. Zach Levine is doing a great job at making or taking contested jumpers too. Vucevic, I'd like to see him be more physical in the paint. Again, we ask this all the time of him. But, you know, he doesn't need to shoot five threes a game. We know this. Go in the paint more. It's like every time I've seen the Bulls give Vooch or anyone the ball in the paint any or go towards any mismatches, only good things have come from that. So hopefully they can do that more and make the game easier for themselves. Don't, doesn't it feel like they make the game way too hard sometimes? Every game. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. If bad teams that we play are able to do things against us, why can't we do things against bad teams? Because we, we like to make the game, we like to play down a competition and make the game way harder than it has to be. And some of that's on coaching, some of that's on the players and how they play. I think that communication needs to be better. Everyone needs to be on the same page in terms of both offense and defense. And have fun with it. Like, you have a great team. Use it. Mm. I like that. Thank you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Why don't you send us off into the sunset today? <laughs> okay. Um, appreciate you guys for listening. It's been a fun episode this week. Real fun. It's going to be a lot of editing. <laughs> there will be a lot of editing. <laughs> editing. <laughs> uh, shout out to the big number three out of the K1C. It's not a thing, Kevin. It's not a thing. All right. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, appreciate all of you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us on all our plat- podcast platforms. Leave a review. Um, reach out to us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. All that at the Run With Us Pod. Mike, you got anything else to add before we go? No. There's one thing we have to say, and I'll let you say it. Let's go get Starbucks. Um, that's not quite it. I think it usually goes something like Run with us, baby. Run with us. <laughs>